this segment and in the next segment I will do, we want to talk about the connection of sin and worship from Romans. Now those are two subjects that are not typically associated, sin and worship, but I want to look at how intimately they're connected in Paul's letter to the Romans. Now at the beginning of the letter, chapter 1, when he enters into the body of the letter and seriously into the argumentation of what he's going to work to convince these people of, he alludes, I believe, to Adam and Eve, uh, starting in verse 19. They had a knowledge of God, it was plain to them, and so on. In verse 21 then, Paul begins to talk about what they did with that knowledge. And he said, knowing God, or even though they knew God, they did not glorify God as God or give thanks. In other words, what they refused to do was, was worship. They didn't give the honor, the esteem to God that only God should have. They refused to recognize God's place in their life by, by giving thanks to God for all that, that had been done for them. Now, I will call this, it's a refusal to worship. It's a, refuse to, a refusal to give God the place that only God should have in their life. It, it's, it's worship not just in uh, what they would do on Sunday morning as if that was what they would do, have done, but it's, it's, it's something that takes place in all of their life, honoring God as God or, or giving thanks. It's a stance towards life that's reflected in the way they live. But at the start here, we, we've probably got what I think in, in all of Scripture is the best description of sin in its essence. And that is, it's, it's a refusal to worship. Now, what I want to point out here in chapter 1 is beginning from that starting point, the, uh, the effects of this that sort of come in a sort of a cascading manner is, as Paul describes them here. And we're going to look at a second take on this in, in, in our next segment. But Paul says here, you know, uh, they need to, didn't glorify God as God or give thanks, but the reasoning became confused and their foolish hearts were darkened. There was a problem both with the heart and with the mind, that they, they ceased to function in the way they were expected to function. Now, you can trace the issues of heart and trace the issues of mind through Scripture. The functions of these often overlap. They have to do with uh, not just the, the seat of our thinking, but our reasoning, if you will, our ability to see things for what they are, to assess and to evaluate, to make decisions and to develop a course of life based on the way we see and evaluate and assess everything around us. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, guard the heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issue of life. The heart and the mind become core. And Paul says here, having refused to glorify God as God or give thanks, the immediate effect is the heart and the mind become corrupted. The heart and the mind don't function as they were designed. Now, we can talk about the heart and mind from Scripture, but you can see the consequences of this in what Paul talks about right here in, in Romans chapter 1. Claiming to be wise, they were actually fools. They, they thought their wives didn't know any different because the heart and mind were corrupted. They couldn't see themselves for what they had become. On down here, again, there's a, a false perception of the self, but on down here, they exchanged the glory 
of the immortal God for created things, idolatry. And they, they, they don't actually see what they're doing. I can't understand that they're worshiping something that's created instead of worshiping the Creator Himself. And on down and down the list goes with uh, Paul will spend a good bit of time talking about sexual immorality and he goes on through a long list of things and all parents who are watching this will be very interested to see down below towards the end of this chapter. He mentions disobedience to parents. That's an important one for those of us who have children. But the upshot here is that beginning with a refusal to worship God, to give God the place that only God should have in their life, what results is a corrupted heart and a corrupted mind. What comes from a corrupted heart and a corrupted mind is an inability to see things the way they really are, to assess things as they should be assessed. Our perspective becomes skewed and then all of life and all of behavior becomes corrupted as a result. So there's this sort of cascading set of consequences that begin with the refusal to worship that then affects the heart and the mind, that then affects the way life is lived. Now, two comments on this, looking forward for what else we're going to talk about from Romans here. Very interesting that as you trace through and, and, and look in Romans at what Paul has to say about the work of the Holy Spirit uh, in redeeming us, how much of this has to do with the work of God applied to the heart and applied to the mind. Think about chapter 2. Paul's going to talk about the need for a circumcised heart, and so on it will go. Second thing we're going to talk about this is that, um, and I think this is one of the geniuses, Wesley's understanding of this, that sin affects every corner of our being. doesn't mean we're totally as bad as we could possibly be. It just means that nothing escapes the reach of sin. The heart and the mind become corrupted. And that throws all everything else off. And we'll see how in Jesus Christ, God has fully answered that problem and fully met the need.